Capricorn? Johnny, the anxious beard. Tell me this. Where did the anxious beard come from? Well, the past 10 years I've been anxious and I have a beard. I figured they go together pretty good. So I ran with it. And did you, so you decided to, you, okay. You were saying right before I hit record, you were saying, I had these ideas about what I was going to do on Instagram. Can you tell me what your ideas were? You know, I, I wanted to do, I wanted to, to beef up my Instagram page for YouTube. So I could start a YouTube. I have all these huge plans and, you know, overthinking things, looking too much into stuff. I, uh, I ended up not being able to be in front of camera, not being able to post videos of myself and things that I was doing. And uh, next thing you know, it turned into a motivational quote page and, and with a few pictures of me sprinkled in there. And, and you know, hopefully I'll, I'll get the nerve, you know, after doing this is giving me a little more I mean, confidence. you're doing to, it right now. I was going to say, I, like, I this is freaking amazing. <laughs> I, it, it's always amazing to me because I'm talking to people who I find very brave for doing these things like it is not it's not easy for the average person let alone someone who's dealing with mental health levels of complexity and like look at you you're totally doing it and you look great thank you well it helps that i can see you and not me i'm in that little box in the the bottom corner so i can't critique myself too much yeah i always focus on the other person that helps me a lot too exactly So, um, so, so can you tell me a little bit about like what your vision was initially, what you wanted to say to people, how you wanted to connect with them? You know, I wanted to, for them to see me as this anxious beard, you know, this big kind of tough guy and let them know that, you know, I mean, tough guys like me have anxiety. We have agoraphobia, we have depression, we have all sorts of different mental health and I wanted them to know it's okay. You know, I mean, you could still be a tough guy. You could still be, you know, I could still whoop some butt, but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sensitive, you know, I have issues and, and those issues went ignored for a long time because of my appearance, because I'm a tough guy and all that. And, and because I ignored all those issues and just shoved them down, they're coming up viciously right now and, and, uh, affecting my life greatly. And, and so I want to, to show people that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk. It's okay to have all these feelings. You know, I, I hear a lot that, you know, men take their lives because they didn't speak out. They weren't, they didn't feel comfortable enough to, to talk to their friends or their, their boys, as they would say. And, and um, I'm changing that, you know, I, my best friend, he's probably one of the biggest bros, you know, um, <laughs> out there that doesn't talk about his feelings. Then, you know, every time I see him, I love you before we leave and we hug it out. And, and I tell my problems, he tells me his problems and, and I want to break down those walls, you know, and I think a lot of men out there and women, um, need to do that. You know, it's just a, it's a stigma that needs to end. And hopefully my big beard will help that it's such damn good work it is such and for those of you who can't see the anxious spirit is wearing a bass pro shops (laughs) hat right now like he's fully living it um so you grew up in california half mexican half dutch right you told me like tell me about what your family was like you know my my dad was a mellow 
mellow, mellow guy that nothing bothered him. He just was always that happy guy. And um, he was my Mexican side. And he didn't speak a, speak a lick, of English, a lick of Spanish. I'm sorry. You know, that's how my family wasn't really from Mexico. We were, I think I'm like 10th generation California. That's so nice. Spanish Cali wasn't nice. really, yes, <laughs> Spanish wasn't really a big thing in our household. My mom being Dutch, she spoke fluent Spanish. It didn't make any sense to me, I know. But, um, you know, they, uh, I grew up in a real sports oriented household. So that was pretty much life. You know, we, we wrestled, we played football, soccer, baseball, everything. And, Did you have brothers? Um, was- I had three older brothers, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, that sounds like a pack of brothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was uh, my poor mom, you know, she was in a house full of testosterone. and <laughs> and uh, But we were a quiet household, you know, we were quiet, loving. Um, me being the youngest, I kind of just got handed everything. And just like, shh, just shut up and sit down kind of thing. And here's money, here's stuff. And, uh, you know, can't say that's the result. That's why I'm the way I am, you know, but uh, definitely grew up in a very loving, loving household. Yeah, I know it's always confusing when people are me. like, wait, why is this? And you're like, well, I had a super supportive family. They were great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I see it, when I see my therapist, they're always like, so were your parents abusive? I'm like, no, they were like overly loving. Like, you know, <laughs> no, it's a dinner with them all the time in high school. I was like the only high school kid that like hung out with my parents, you know, I, <laughs> No, I had a great relationship with them. You know, just certain things weren't talked about and and um, certain emotions weren't talked about. And I think that's... Same, by the way. Same in my family. Yeah. Like, uh, could not have more supportive oh, parents, yeah. really. But yeah. we, they, I, I remember, like, as a kid, I, we didn't say I love you. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, they did. I mean, I knew. I knew. But I think my mom yeah. was kind of, like, baby boomer generation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you just didn't well, I think have if, that if I said I love you to my brothers, I would have I got beat up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a, not a good experience. So, you know, now as an adult, you know, uh, a couple of us say it. So do your so so are you the only one that you know of in your family that has had mental health struggles? Well, actually, my my mom, she had uh, anxiety and agoraphobia. There and I know they say it's it's very much so a learned behavior. And I never believed it. But her being the only person I ever saw with these issues, and here I am now struggling with anxiety and agoraphobia, um, I'm starting to notice the things. So I want to make sure that I don't continue to learn, you know what I mean, those habits. And, uh, but she, she struggled most of her life, but she never faced it, mm. still hasn't faced it. You know, my, my father passed away six years ago, and she still hasn't coped with his death you know she so she's struggling still um she kind of uses all of us as a crutch and so i'm kind of learning from her not making the proper steps you know i'm right. kind of learning from you her, see where her where that sort decisions. of goes yeah. does she know do you talk to her about yourself do you yeah. Yeah. yeah you know really before before my instagram my wife and my mom were the only ones that wow or really now are only ones that know the extent of things. Um, I have a personal Instagram. They don't know anything, you know, to them, I'm this, you know, big tough guy from high school that everyone liked and that sort of thing. And I, my life is perfect. And, and um, 
So this is kind of like my anxious beard is kind of like my alter ego, like the, a real part of me that I don't share with everyone else. And now that I've, I've been real active in church, um, sharing that video uh, and a few, a few other videos that we kind of did during that time, my church kind of knows a little more. So there's a lot of people in that, in that organization, that group that know how I am. So I just figured I wanted to get good at telling my story and get comfortable with just letting that side of my life know everything, you know, like my brothers don't even really know the full extent of it. Um, you know, it got pretty bad for a while, but, uh, I'm improving, you know, I'm improving and every day is, is a struggle, but I'm doing pretty good. What's it like when you, like, do you have steps of what talking about your story is like, is it like ahead of time you're stressed out, then you do it. And how does that feel? Like, how will you feel after our conversation? Will it, will you, will it feel good or? If I don't watch it, it'll feel great. (laughs) You know, but the thing is I'm an overthinker. I I'm very hard on myself. So I will look at myself like, Oh, you look fat. Oh God, the wrinkles. Oh, this, you know, I'll tear myself down. Um, to like the simplest form. And I don't know why I do it. You well, know, I'm meanwhile, not... all I see are like super warm eyes and a dimple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I won't <laughs> see any great. of that. Yeah. yeah. I'll be like, I, you know, my beard's not perfect. And, and yeah, yeah. I don't know where that came from. Um, like I said, I've always been a very confident person. I've always been able to look in the mirror and say, you're not a bad looking guy. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm Brad Pitt or anything, but I'm not a bad looking guy. And so I've been confident in that way, but I, this this level of perfection, you know, it's almost like I set myself up for failure constantly. And um, it's like, it's never good enough. But like my wife, she's perfect. My kids, they're perfect. You know, um, so many things are perfect, but I turn it on myself. I'm not perfect. And um, if you could only I mean, see yourself through their eyes. Yeah, I, 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 that'd be nice. You know what I mean? I don't know what it's like to... Like I said, I've always pushed myself as hard as I could and put those unrealistic expectations on myself. You know, I played football. I'm, I'm short. I'm not a tall guy, but I played like I was six five. you know, and um, I expected to go to the NFL. Even when I knew it was not realistic because I'm short, I expected to go there. So I was disappointed when I did it, you know, and it just, it, it started at a young age and That's super wrestling, I expected to go to the Olympics. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I don't know. So everything I do, I you mean I do woodworking stuff. It's never good enough, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and yet you you think you sort of have this expectation and confidence that it's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I I think I uh, I grew up with a learning disability. Mm. So I had ADHD and I also had a learning disability. So I struggled through school my whole life. Um, a lot of the time, my mom would pull me out, homeschool me, catch me back up a little bit. But by my freshman year, I, I didn't know how to read. You know, it was tough. I was popular. I was a monster athlete. And then having to hide this, I'm dumb kind of thing, you know, and, and my mom would always say, you're not dumb. You're, you know, you're brilliant. You're just, you learn different. And it took me a lot of years, like into my adulthood to, to realize I'm not dumb. I just, I do. I learn really different. And I just didn't understand that growing up. So it was like something that I wasn't good at was school, but I was amazing at sports. I was amazing at this. I was amazing at picking up girls, you know? Um, 
so I ran with those things and ignored school even more. And, uh, but then I became a perfectionist about the things I was good at. I have to be better than everyone else. And my dad told us a quote growing up that I don't care if you're a trash man. I don't care what you do. I don't care. Just be the best you can at it. And I think I took it a little more literal, like I literally have to be the best. So Mm. everything I've done, I have to be the best. You have a lot in your life that you're dealing with, not just those things, but also you described that your daughter is sick or your daughter is autistic. Is that, was that right? Well, my, my oldest son, he has down, down syndrome in autism. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. Um, You know, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like usually bringing all of it up because I don't, I want to seem like i'm throwing a pity party because i don't i don't like i don't like that i mean these are just facts of life you know what i mean it's like but a fact of life is losing your job and not having money for these are just facts oh yeah well i definitely uh i definitely think i I mean i I have some stressors in my life that a lot of people don't you know um meeting my wife i've known her since i played football and pop warner she was one of my cheerleaders um we were in high school. I had a crush on her. She was a dork. I was too cool kind of thing. And when we connected, um, I really got to know her and I just immediately fell in love. And then she had told me that she has a kind of a rare heart condition and uh, that she had a pacemaker. And, it, and it's, I'm not going to lie, it, it freaked me out because I, I fell in love so fast. I, was, I thought of my future, thought of everything. And then I was like, how selfish is that for me to look into my future and be like well do i want to have kids with her do i want to have this is she going to leave me someday because she's going to get sick and then i, I kind of reeled it back in and was like you know that's so selfish to think like that like it's I, it's not fair but i she deserves love too you know what i mean like i can't look at her that way you know so i just embraced it and i said you know what i don't care whatever comes our way comes our way and She's had a couple pacemaker surgeries and they're terrifying, you know, like yeah, that sounds she's, so terrifying. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And she's oh totally calm about it. She's, she's calm and collect and, and I'm yeah, you the one pacing. She's, she's your rock. She's your rock. You oh, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a fear behind that. I don't ever want to lose her. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm scared because she literally keeps me going. And then 10 years ago when my son was born, um, the doctor said, you know, he might have down syndrome. And we said, that's fine. I mean, okay. They said it could be the bad Down syndrome. It's like there's a bunch of different trisomies, and, and there, there's quite a few that they come out and they don't end up making it. So we didn't have the opportunity to be able to really look into it more. We just uh, said, you know, we're putting it in God's hands, and and we'll see. And and he came out, and he was amazing. And and she looked at me, I looked at her, and I gave her the nod, like, yeah, he's he's good, and he's got Down syndrome. It's cool. Let's let's do this, you know, and. Well, he ended up having a heart condition. He ended up having mm-hmm. some, some complications. So he was in there for like three months, you know, wow. so going home without the baby was, was rough. But when he was having heart surgery, that's where my panic started. That's where. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I assume that the, you know, these things aren't separate from what you're experiencing. So panic, was that panic attacks at that stage or. You know, before that I, I was, I was okay. I mean, I had anxiety, but I didn't know what it was. I mean, I had moments of anxiety, I had moments of panic, but I just always chalked it off as being something else, you know. And the day after he got out of the surgery, uh, we left the hospital to go take a nap. 
And I remember pulling off on this one specific street and just the sweats, the everything. It was just like all at once. And I just held onto the wheel like I was driving through a tornado. And my wife just put her hand on my back and just said, Hey, we're right across the street from the hospital. So if you have, if you have any problems, we can just turn around. I can drive. And I'm like, no, I think it'll pass. I don't know what this feeling is, you know? And then it just it stopped and drove home. And then the next day, same thing, same time, same place. And I'm like, so a pattern was being, was being made mm-hmm. that I didn't even know. I still didn't know at that time what it was. And my mom said, I, you might think you had a panic attack. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. You know, just kind of shoved it down. I have other things I got to deal with. I had to go work. And I mean, at that time, I was also working in nursing. So I was seeing sick people every single day, seeing people die every single day. Um, my dad had just got gotten off the ventilator. So it was a real high dense moment in my life. And then having to worry about my son, like, is he going to recover from the heart surgery? Is he recover from the other surgeries he's having? And you know, we already had our, our, our first child who had no issues, was perfect, everything was easy peasy, and and um, it was just a lot of emotion, and I just had to cram it all down, cram it all down, and, and I kept on doing that and just kept on moving, and, and uh, you know, he's a blessing, he's great, so far, knock on wood, he's been healthy, he's been good, but he's a lot of work, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, he's, he's a lot of work, he comes with, with a little extra. You know that autism is a is a son of a gun. I will tell you, it, it's uh his his downs. If if I think if he just had Down syndrome, I think he would be very high functioning. Mm-hmm. But the autism, <clears throat> and there's nothing like having your child say "I love you" or "Dada" or "Mama," of course, and then just stop. You know, and now he doesn't talk at all. So, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's something I see my that breaks my wife's heart. It's just a tear I got to shove down. You know, it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you stop shoving everything down? Uh, about a week ago. <laughs> I, ah, I yesterday. This morning. Yeah, seriously. Um, you know, I'd say over the past three years, I'd say three years ago, my anxiety got so bad. Agoraphobia came into the story. I didn't leave the house. I, I could drive, but I can only drive with my wife or my mom. And uh, talk about a, a, a demoralizing just, you know, punch in the gut when you're when your buddy is hey you know come hang out and i'm yeah. like can my wife come <laughs> you know? yeah yeah and uh so it, it was tough and and so i started little by little doing i mean i have i have books and stuff like that that i went over the cbts and and just all sorts of different youtubes i've watched books i've read articles i've read and um i was able to learn a few tips to be able to kind of push my limits a little by little by by little. And so I did kind of like exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing and, it right uh, now with this. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I, I literally jumped in the car and just drove somewhere. And, wow. um, but I drove around the corner and I know it's the first time I went to the store, which is about a mile, two miles away from my house. It felt like a huge victory. I felt like freed, like, yes, I was so, I was so pumped. And, but I couldn't go inside. But it's okay. I, you know, I made it to yeah, Starbucks there. right there. Yeah. I drove through Starbucks. I'm like, yeah, that was a victory, you know? <laughs> and, and, um, and that was about a year ago, maybe a year and a mm. half ago. Um, this past Thursday, when I did that video that I posted, um, I drove to a whole nother city 
It's a, I mean, it sounds so ridiculous, you know. No, it doesn't. It no, loud. it doesn't. Like <laughs> anyone who can like has 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 the ability to look through another's eyes. It does not. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, it, it's it was about you know it's a it's a 15, 20 minute drive and and I did it you know and I did it alone and not only did I do that I went in and sat out in front of a camera with some people I didn't know very well and shared my story and and you know what I shared on on my IG was just a very very small clip it was a it was a 2 hour conversation and it was it was a great experience you know it was very god based which um you know not everyone believes and that's okay you know I mean I don't it, it's but I do I have faith and I'm telling you the past month has has been a, a month wow it, it's, it's there's been so many so many positive things in my life happening and I almost and I'm sure you've heard this before from other people with mental health but you almost don't know how to handle it you know mm. um, for a long time, I would have an emotion and I would just, every emotion I had, I just pushed into the anxiety motion, emotion. And so if I was excited to go to Disneyland, I was panicking and all anxious. You know, if I was sad or if I was happy, everything went to anxiety. So having all these great feelings that are going on right now and all these opportunities and, and people reaching out to me and, and um, it's incredible feeling. So it's hard to, you know, I'm so hard on myself. And then on the other hand, I'm like, well, these people are reaching out to me for a reason, right? Oh, they're going to regret it. You know, so I, I, it's really, because it's a you're brave. I mean, it comes down to bravery. Yeah, It really does. Like it people do. are attracted to bravery. They're attracted to someone who is willing to share something that is difficult. And it, and it does set you apart, even though it feels like, oh, everyone else is doing fine and I'm not, but like, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with them. And, and it is very brave and it makes people feel very close to you, Thank even you. if Thank you. they, you know, are just watching. Mm -hmm. so, so after you yeah. did the video, did you feel good? How did you feel? I felt alive. You know, I felt, you know, I, I don't ever like to say I, I want my old life back. I want the old me back. I always say, I just, I want my life to start again. And, um, but after that feel, it felt like a little bit of my old life. And I was like, wow, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of things that people don't understand that, that maybe don't understand their, their mental health, <clears throat> that uh, you're going to have setbacks and setbacks are not just going to happen when, when you have a bad day, setbacks, setbacks will actually happen when you're having a great day because you're expecting, okay, well, it's going too well. Something bad's going to happen. And so I did have a bit of a setback, you know, had a couple of days where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to hang out and watch TV and just, and just kind of try to decompress. And, and I was, I'm able to recover from my setbacks mm. through all the education I've done. So my setbacks are, are a day, a couple hours, you know, and I'm able to get back on it when before my setbacks would literally be three weeks, a month, two months. And it would push me back and I would start over again, but way farther back than I did. Now I can start back in the same spot I left off. Um, but after that filming, I was like, oh, I felt like I could do anything. I felt like the Hulk. I just wanted to run through the city, you know, and, and um, it was a, a liberating feeling. And then 
actually for the first time because you know when you have anxiety and your your mind's racing and throw ADHD on that your mind's really racing and um, you tend to being in a group conversation you're just thinking about what you're going to say next you're not hearing everyone else and I read a book that was said when you're not giving people that attention and you're not listening to them I mean that conversation is just going going to hell it's, it's just not going anywhere yeah it's like two um, like two oh, ships yeah. going different directions yeah. so so i really embraced it and i and i watched them and i listened to them, i heard them and and so much that i forgot what i was gonna say so when they turned to me i'm like uh, uh, uh you know i did the whole stutter for about five minutes and try to regain what i was thinking about and um but i'm okay with it because i heard their stories for the first time i really heard them and I felt them and it just, it made me more comfortable, but it was, it was a surreal experience. You know, it was people actually hearing my story and then, and then they kept on saying like, Oh, keep it going. And I'm like, nah, you know, it's stupid. I always do that. You know, I don't want to hear my mess. And they kept on asking me to hear it. And I'm like, Oh, to tell my whole story, I would need probably a week of straight shooting because I have, I had a lot go on and I'm 35 years old but I feel like I have stories that are of 65, seven year old people. You know, I, I've, I've experienced a lot. I've lost a lot. I've done a lot. And I mean, that's what I was hoping for my Instagram and then eventually YouTube to tell my stories and to tell my experiences. And because at the end of the day, it's all about being able to have that compatibility with other people. You know, seeing someone else that struggling with the same symptoms as, as me literally just immediately takes away the power of my own anxiety by seeing them going through it too. And, and um, you know, I, I always try to say the familiarity of it, you know, <laughs> um, I think that's one of the biggest medicines. I think that is the greatest thing. Where you When know, somebody I, else describes something and you know oh, that yeah. it's similar to yours and you're like, wait, this is not some secret hidden thing that I'm the only one that experiences. I don't have this rare condition. It's very common, you know? Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I don't have these rare, rare conditions, but I'm speaking about them like they are rare. And then people are like, Oh wait, I had that same thing. And I'm like, you do. And it just immediately, like it takes that power away from, the amygdala you know that part of your brain that's just yes an a-hole <laughs> yes it's just, the amygdala yeah. is an asshole Super oh asshole. gosh i really <laughs> I, I always say and actually my my first time when i realized you know i think i'm i think i'm improving i think i'm on the right direction is i told my therapist you know if i could if i could meet anxiety in a dark alley or my amygdala in a dark alley I would kick the shit out of him. <laughs> you know I mean, I would, I would destroy it, you know? And, and so I look at my anxiety and, the, and it started helping me when I did this, I looked at anxiety as an actual person literally sitting next to me. And I actually like turned my head and just was like, you're an asshole. Like I don't, I, I know what you're doing. You know, I know yeah. what you're doing. I don't like you, but you know what? You could sit here and enjoy my space. Go ahead. But this is my space, you know, and, and it started help. It started helping. It started giving me that power. It started giving me that, like, you know what? I'm in control. You know, you want to, you want to sit on my couch with me, go ahead. But I'm deciding what we watch. I'm deciding what we do, you know? And, 
And uh, as soon as I was able to do that, things started kind of opening up. But because I'm a hot mess express with tons of different, you know, issues, they they'll come back around and they'll switch up. So I'm really trying to work out just kind of like all of them leave me alone. <laughs> like, yeah, like if you're a dr- if you're driving the car and then the front seat is the most annoying anxiety passenger, but you also have ADHD in the back seat and you oh, also yeah. have agoraphobia, which is like, don't forget about me. Here I am. Yes. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shut up, everyone. That's absolutely the truth. I have, I have a car full of kids that I don't like. <laughs> you know? like yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice to like like you said surf the wave or confront it to sort of um to gear up for the fight uh, but the more you do it it really you know it's it's sort of like I, the I actually, size of that of that other that fight mm-hmm. just gets smaller and smaller because you're able oh, yeah. to yeah once you i accepting it you know i mean i read in, in one book I, i'm not even sure and by the way when i say i read a book I read an article my first book i ever read was two years ago ever cover to cover so it was a huge accomplishment well because of that now I, i'm like i want to pick up the next book and the next book and the next book and and i brought three books here one in particular that i feel started this whole thing that i got for christmas yeah let's uh, see. last year and i don't know if am i okay to show a book on yeah it? show it i want to see and um, i'll share that Badass ways to end anxiety and stop panic attacks. Counterintuitive approach. Awesome. It, it was like literally after I would say halfway through. And you can see I've read this a few times. It, oh it's my God, beat amazing. up and 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 it's kind of like my uh, my anxiety bible. And the you read the front and you see badass ways to to end anxiety and you think it's going to be like this tough. It's not. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah. explained so well so easy and see that inspired me and that's what i want to do with ending the stigma Amazing. and all that stuff and my instagram i don't want to sit in front of people and act like i'm a doctor and use all the you know the the <laughs> amygdala you know the fight or flight response <laughs> and all this i don't i don't want to put it that way because people are going to be like i don't know what that is and so i'm trying to put it as simple as form just me being real hey this mental shit sucks you know like yeah. try this you know and I've learned so many tips from this book. It just, it's amazing. It's amazing. How did you like, find started, it? Where did you find that book? My mom bought it for me mm. because I'm not a traditional guy. I'm not going to read the, I mean, I don't Good even mom. like going to therapy, you know? And so she bought this and said, it says badass on from it on, yeah. on the front of it. <laughs> it seems so like you. <laughs> it'll probably like it, you know? And, and I loved it. And, um, it, sh- it shares other people's experiences in it, gives little tips and, I was able to elaborate on these tips and kind of tweak them a little bit. So I have my own little tips and tricks that I, that I use and they work fantastic. I've told a few people and they're like, wow, as, as silly as it sounds, it really works. You know? And, I want to hear, and, uh, okay. Yeah, you got to make videos about those. Cause I want to, I want to yeah. hear what, what's your late. I, can you just tell me like, what is one that is really working for you? Yeah. You know, the, the, I would say one of the first ones that, that I kind of read and then tweaked it myself. You know, he was saying that, you know, when you get into that panic moment, that anxiety moment and, and everything's chaos, your, your adrenaline level obviously goes through the roof. Well, that nasty feeling during anxiety attacks, because you get tons of adrenaline 
and you're not doing anything with it. So your heart's pounding, you're sweating, you're all this stuff, and you're not doing anything with it. So you'll hear, you know, in articles and stuff like that, well, go out, go running. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone can go running, you know? Some people are going to go running until their heart beat harder, and they're going to pass out because they're freaked out, you know? And then they say, sing out loud. That's what I read in the book. Not everyone feels comfortable singing out loud and looking like a crazy person. I mean, that's one of our reasons we're anxious, because we're worried about what everyone else thinks. We're going to start singing randomly. It's not going to work, you know? Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try that at all. And so... I was in the car one day and I was driving to go get my wife. I was white knuckling it, anxious, felt horrible. And I could just feel that adrenaline level raised. So I, I, I antagonized it. I turned it on, on my amygdala. And I said, bring it on, go ahead, give me whatever you want. And so the feelings that I was having was obviously a heart attack. I exaggerated it so much. I literally pictured my heart shooting out of my chest like in a cartoon and then popping like a balloon and all over the place. And um, it, it just made it so over the top and ridiculous. And all of a sudden it just stopped. And I'm like, did that work? Did that work? And I, and I was like, no way. And um, so, yeah, I do it all the time. When I start having these feelings, I, I taunt it. I, I make fun of it. I make it way bigger than it is. Does it no. also make you laugh a little bit? Because it sounds kind of like cartoonish it, it funny. A, yeah. A little bit of humor, but mainly it's just it's making it because already our thought is so absurd. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's not rational. So let's make it more unrational. I agree. Or, or, I agree. Mean, I like love it when my husband, my husband and daughter do that to me all the time. Like, yeah. oh, you really and think the just... garbage is gonna eat the house? <laughs> like you think you're gonna be like buried alive under <laughs> yeah. and then oh, I'm yeah. like, that's really funny. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then, and then so you can dumb. imagine you're on a little boat paddling through the trash, you know, like yeah. just, I take it to the, the next <laughs> yes. level yes. to the point where yes. it's like, it's so ridiculous. Like, yes, even someone super anxious was going to be like, come on, dude. You know what I mean? That's yeah, so that's amazing. outlandish and, and, and it's helped. And I also do, uh, I scream, you know, I'll be driving the car. You do a pillow that, or like, no, I feel that energy level and I'll roll my window down and like, as loud as I can, just yell out the window, <laughs> then roll it up and keep on driving because people generally are like, oh my God. And yeah, I'm imagining you in the future having like drawings of your amyg amygdala on your uh, Instagram oh, or I something like this ca cartoon character that's like, oh, I already do. What's next on the horizon for you? Do you have um, sort of a vision like in the next few months I'd like to do blah? Or are you not thinking that way at this point? You. <sighs> You know, I don't know. I'm just kind of go with the flow guy. So yeah, I yeah, have, I'm I, into I have it. ideas. Yeah, I have ideas I want to do. I want to do a portion of it where I interview, you know, cops, firefighters, military, businessmen. Um, Please my, do that. My oldest brother works for NASCAR. Um, I, I have an opportunity to, to ask the drivers because every single, I want to ask every single one of them, what is your process on the hype before? You know, a, a cop sitting there eating a donut, no offense, but sitting there eating a donut, just chilling. And then all of a sudden there's a shooting and boom, their adrenaline levels up sky high. And then all of a sudden they have to be able to bring it down to move on to the next thing. My best friend's a firefighter and, and I've already asked him these questions and, and hearing his thought process of going from just chilling to all of a sudden, oh my God, there's a fire. We got to get dressed. Blah, blah, that blah, is blah. fascinating. Then, Please yeah, do then, that. I getting love to that. that fire and then like all of a sudden it's not a fire it's fine it's no big deal 
what do you do with all that? I mean, how yeah, do you, you're, you're basically, you basically yeah. are trying to research how do other people deal with this adrenaline yeah. spike? Like and, how do and, they not have it take over them? They may not even know that they do something, but they could be helping someone like me or people that suffer from anxiety and see like, wow, maybe I'll try that, you know, and hearing what my best friend told me what he did before calls and all that stuff. I, I was able to actually implement some of that information he gave me in, in my anxiety attacks or panic attacks and, and they worked. And I was like, wow. So I felt like it's something like I can really do something with this. I can really run with this. And, but you know, there's, there's so many factors in, in this, you know, I, I want the best camera. <laughs> I want the, I want all the gadgets I want. Uh, I want, I want, I want. And then, I'm afraid of just what I do is I kind of overdo it. And then yeah. I have all this stuff and then I'm too afraid to do it. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll sell, yeah. I'm going to sell all of it. Yeah. yeah. Move on, you know, goodness. You know, the, one of the questions was, uh, does knowing other overthinkers help you feel better? And I thought it was so funny. I laughed in my head. Cause I'm like, does knowing other overthinkers help me feel better? you know what, give me about 30 minutes. I'm going to really think about this one and I'll get back to you. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh I, I, it's so funny because I, I overthink so... everything. It's insane. And, and um, it said, are you, are you an overthinker? What is your relationship with your overthinking? Five minutes. I'm like, oh, oh, you mean like, it'll take me five minutes to start. You're like, oh, I'm like, oh, overthinking is such a huge part of my life. And, and it's, you mean some things are great. But some things are, are really horrible. You mean like it's when you beat something up so much, you just depleted everything. You know what I mean? You just made everything just the And um, I always tell people, you know, having anxiety, having agoraphobia, having panic disorder, ADHD, all these things I have, you know, you can look at it negatively. And a lot of people do. They turn it on themselves and just beat themselves up. But I also look at it as a superpower. You know, I have horrible days. Most days, most days I'm anxious and I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody, but then sometimes I wake up and I'm amazing and I feel great. Or that feeling that after your panic attack, that like euphoric feeling, remember that feeling, enjoy that feeling because you can have that every day. You know what I mean? Don't let anxiety win. Don't let panic win. You can feel that feeling. Once that storm passes, you mean it's a bright, shiny day outside. Enjoy it. Love it. You know, and and not only that, but anxiety taught me a lot of things to be able to read people, to be able to read my surroundings. You know, there's a lot of good things that come from my anxiety because my anxiety is really just trying to save my life. You know what I mean? It is on a very dramatic level. So I appreciate it now, and I'm able to look at the things that lets me look at. I see the world differently. You know, I I can really appreciate things now because when I know what a bad day looks like, when a good day comes, man, I, I really appreciate it. Like I said, I'm more aware, and I'm in tune with my body. So if something really is going on in my body, I'm going to know it, you know? I can't say that I'd go back in life and say... Uh, if I could change anything, I would change my anxiety. And I don't think I would. I mean, it, it has helped me become the person I am today. When I'm in the, in the mix of anxiety, 
I don't know who it is. It's not me. It's my amygdala. Um, just kind of taking over my body for a little bit. I'll be back shortly. You know, it's just a commercial. <laughs> it's, a, it's a commercial <laughs> in my movie. And, and um, you know, I see, I really appreciate things. You know, when, when you have a good day, it's a good day. You know, when you have a bad day, it's a, it's okay. It's a bad day. You'll have a good day soon. You know, and, and I just keep on, on doing that. And it's working out. I don't know. I'm having a good Funny, day today. So. I think, I think you're, <laughs> you've got the best attitude thank you I so try. much for sharing it. thank you for sharing it with everyone no i am really glad to get to know you and now when i see you post it's going to mean so much more to me on instagram i appreciate that um and i'll share all that information and your youtube channel or your future youtube channel i really thank appreciate you, you so having me on and and, and everything I, it was it was fun